morning we are continuing with a three-week series we've been on called reach and this morning I want to speak about the blessing um, so you will know that this word comes from the Lord because if I want to speak about reach you know what I want to talk about yeah. making disciples <laughs> which I'm sure will find its way in here somehow but but the Lord spoke to me about the blessing of God and what it means for us to live a blessed life as a blessed community who are called to bless the nation. So what does it mean to be blessed? But I added the word biblically there because this word blessed has such a bad reputation. The word blesser is no longer referring to God. And when we talk about the hashtag blessed, if you go on social media and you go hashtag blessed and you search, so scary, don't do it. But the original of the word blessed somehow is no longer attributable to God, who is the original blesser. And so, as though, although we know, I know we know in our minds, the truth about the blessing of God. We live in a broken society that tells us different truths as we log on to social media, as we interact with each other, as you celebrate people's achievements, blessed. And in our hearts, the liturgy of the day, that is the practices that are around us that inform our habits, lead us to believe these things that are not true. And so this word is really to remind us of the truth so that we can repent of what's not true so we can live the truth of God, amen. So I'll start with the end, so that you make sure that if I don't get there, you receive the conclusion. So that there are no mistakes. So God has always sought to reach and restore the world through blessing. That's the point of this word, that God's purpose is to reach and restore the world through blessing. Not through law, not through punishment, but through blessing. That's the heart of God. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, from whom all blessings flow, we praise you this morning. Father, we thank you for who you are, who you've been from the beginning of time, and who you remain to be today. God, I pray for the truth of who you are to be unlocked in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls. Father, I pray for the reality of who you are to permeate this room, to permeate the outside space, to permeate the space online where people are watching. Father, I pray that you would invade every room, every heart with the reality of who you are. God, position us. God, move us. God, rebuke us so that we can receive your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we're starting in Genesis 12. Can I go there or do you want to go there in your books first? I know you're not going to page, so I don't even want to waste my time saying, let's go in our Bibles to the book. <laughs> but just in case you want to go, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. So we're in Genesis 12, 1 to 3. But for the purposes of the rest of you, who I'm not judging at all. It's on the screen. <laughs> now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God is inviting Abraham into a covenant. But as he does that, he gives Abraham an instruction. And this instruction is the way 
if Abraham obeys, it is the means by which God is going to bless him. Now, if you look at this instruction, right, God is basically targeting the essential elements of identity in the value system of the ancient Near East, right? So land was connected to one's survival, livelihood and political identity. So if you're asking God by asking Abraham to move from his land is moving him from the place in which he is surviving. And he's also removing him from what is sustaining him, right? And then he says, um, he, oh, his family. So the family were also linked to the past and the present. Like the, being part of family was more important than being an individual. That would resonate with some people in African culture. So being part of a community was more superior than you existing as an individual. And so what you'll notice in biblical patterns is they seldom say Samson. They'll say Samson, son of who was the daughter, you know what I mean? They will always track the lineage of a person because the community, the family linked to a person is who a person was, was linked to their lineage, to their history, to their family. So God says, leave your kindred. And then he's saying, leave what is causing you or enabling you to survive. He's saying, leave what is giving you great identity politically and in your family structure. And then he's also saying, leave your family. So no longer have the identity, like I am African, I am woman. Leave that and go to the land that I will guide you to. He did not understand the magnitude of the blessing, but he definitely understood the cost. There's no way that he could have understood it. And I, I don't believe God was keeping it a secret. But if you were God, how were you going to explain to Abraham that one day a young lady in Johannesburg would be speaking about the fame of your name because of your obedience 2,000 years from now? How would Abraham even comprehend the magnitude of the blessing that was going to come? How was God going to articulate it in a language that he could understand? How was he going to comprehend that coming through his line was a Messiah who was going to make it so that everybody could be blessed? There's no way that God could have been able to explain that. But what was real was what was in front of Abraham, which was the cost. What was real, what was clear is what he had to leave behind for the so-called blessing that he doesn't even understand. So I want to talk to us about blessing because as we look at the story through human eyes, we could easily conclude that God wants to make us miserable first before he blesses us. Isn't it sometimes we have this theology that the poorer the better. The, the more I suffer, it means I'm godly. The theology is that, okay, if the circumstances are difficult, it means God is coming with a blessing. When we comfort people who are going through difficult times, you say, maybe God is trying to interesting message, interesting theology. And it's the understanding. So if we look at the scripture, we could think, oh, God called Abraham to go to a confusing place and he was testing him. That's why he didn't give him the details just to see if Abraham loved God. Or God is so big that we can't fully comprehend it even if he tells us. Sorry, cameraman. Habakkuk 1 verse 5 says this. Look among the nations and see wonder and be astounded for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe even if you were told so this word is saying even if I tried to tell you you wouldn't believe me 
But what's true and what's obvious is the cost in front of us that we need to overcome to get this so-called blessing. So I want to talk about two aspects of the blessing of God. So there's this one aspect which we are all familiar with, which is the tangible blessing. That is, there's this material wellness that comes because of something that God has done, right? There's this, either it's a tangible something or it's a physical wellness or it's a healing or a mental something that God does that is obvious. Then there's this other aspect which is confusing to most, which is the spiritual paradigm of blessing, which is the identity from which we actually live. It's our inheritance, but most of us don't understand it. And so our definition of blessing is the first part, which is the tangible expression of blessing. That's the hashtag blessed new car, hashtag blessed new bond, hashtag blessed university accepted me. That, that's the one that, that we are familiar with. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't fall within the gambit of what it means to be blessed. But it's definitely a limited understanding of what God means when he says, you are blessed. The problem with this is, if we misunderstand what it is to be blessed, we're living from a false identity. So you are showing up in spaces believing that God is favoring others over you. You're showing up at church feeling like the person sitting next to you, God is blessed and you not. Because of your misfortunes, because of some things that are happening in your life that are contradicting what you believe the blessing of God is. And so if we don't believe or understand what the blessing of God is, we live from a false identity. Where we're showing up apologizing in spaces, right? Because how do you talk about God with your life looking like that? Because that's what you feel like people see, because that's what you see, that's what you believe. You're worshiping God, why is your life not changing? Because of the definition of blessing that we're carrying. Thanks, babe. So we're looking at the rhythm of blessing, right? I just wanted to pass by with this quickly. So God blesses man. This is what I was showing in Abraham and I'll continue to show. God blesses us. God is perpetually blessing us. Not because of anything, but because of who he is. The Lord bless you. It's who he is. He even taught his people to pray, the Lord bless you, so that they are familiar with the fact that the Lord, who he is, he blesses. And so our response, man to God, is responding by blessing God. And how we bless God is in thanksgiving. And that looks different ways. You bless God in prayer. You bless God in worship. You bless God with your offering. You bless God by blessing others. It's a response that we give and that leads to man to the world. But you understand that this can't happen if we don't have the right perception of the blessing of God. If we don't have capacity to receive the blessing of God. See, Abraham obeying God to go was him creating capacity to receive. Because God wanted to give Abraham a land that was his, given to him by God, not inherited from another place, so that it's clear that this is my blessing to you. So to receive that, he had to leave the land that he was on. The obedience created capacity for blessing. Not because God was testing him. Not because God was frustrating him. God was trying to bless him. That was the point. And so to bless you, this is what I need you to do. This is where I need you to be. This is how I need you to create space for the blessing. So God blesses man. And from that place of blessing, man can bless the world. But God doesn't bless you to bless other people. He just blesses you. Do you understand that? Because sometimes we can feel like, God is blessing me for Carol. 
God is blessing me for patience. No. God is blessing you full stop. Because he's God and he blesses. And if you understand that, you bless people full stop. Because you're God's child and you bless. It's an identity thing. It's not a transactional thing. Because sometimes if you look at it transactionally, you're like, yo, God gave me this money. If I don't give it away, he's going to take it. Those things are theologically problematic about our understanding as what it is to be children of God. If you're thinking that God's transacting, God's trying to trap you, God, who is God to us? If not the blesser who just blesses unconditionally because that's who he is. And if that's who he is, we can be that unapologetically without transacting with people. You're not transacting, you're just being who you are all the time. God is being who he is all the time. And if we can understand that about God, we can be it with no consequence. Don't you want to be that person who forgets that good thing you did for people? I do. Not because you're trying to, but because it's who you are. Like, so when someone reminds you, I was reminding um, some of our staff team, they prophesied over me over my birthday. I usually listen to prophetic words later. So I'm listening, I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you. No one remembers a word. They're like, so sorry, we don't know what you're thanking us for, but it's our pleasure. Because it's who you are to bless. So when someone is thanking you, I mean, great, but it's who I am. Like, this is what I do. Like, it's no big deal. So I just want us to look at some scriptures. And then, yeah, I want to tell you. And then let's just look at the scriptures. So God blesses us, right? So we can overflow into a blessing for others. The more you receive from God in blessing, the more capacity you have to bless. So Ephesians 1, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with everything, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united in Christ. This is now the New Testament. It says he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Every. He's not going to, he has already. So this is the message of the cross. It's already done. It has already been provided. He has already decided that you're in right standing with him. He's already said you're good. He's already said there's nothing you need to do to be good with me. He has already blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Every. Isn't every extreme? Every. So where is it? Where is it, Bazalan? No, I'm asking you. Because he's spoken to you through his word. He said, I've blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Where is it? And you need to ask God, where is it? Because he said, I've given it to you. Where is it? It's already in you. It's already provided. Where is it? Through Abraham, the whole world was blessed. Because Jesus is the descendant of Abraham. Because of Jesus, any person can be forgiven and enter into his kingdom. Any person can enter into his kingdom. In Christ, we receive the spiritual blessing of justification. That's the right standing. Just as Abraham did. In Galatians 3.29, it says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If you belong to Christ, you've said yes to Jesus, you are an heir of that great promise. You are a beneficiary. Already loaded in the account. It's already provided. It's already been done. See, when you understand this, the question you're asking God is, okay, God, where is it? Not, okay, God, please. 
bless me. God, what am I doing wrong? God, why are the wicked prospering? And God, where is it? Where do you need me to go? Where do you need me to be? Because I know that you've said it's already provided. Where is it? Where is it? So there's a blessing that we read sometimes at the end of a service, beginning of the service, that comes out of Numbers 6. It's called the Aaronic Blessing because God was teaching Aaron to teach the Israelites to bless each other with this and for priests to bless them and for them in turn bless each other. So the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his son, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. God is teaching them a culture of blessing each other. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. So I want us to look at the first part where that says, the Lord bless you and keep you. So Israel at the time, they were a nation surrounded with enemies. God did that on purpose. So God placed them in the middle of a place and set them apart. And every other tribe around them was an enemy to them. So for them, the Lord bless you and keep you literally was the Lord keep you. Like bless you meant so that the enemies would not invade our space. It literally was a, a prayer of protection. For us, the Lord promised us persecution in the New Testament. So I'm just helping us as we pray to the Lord that we would understand that we were promised persecution. Read the Bible, you'll see it. So the Lord is saying in bless you and keep you that he's, we are kept in his love and we are rescued from sin and death. No longer can sin and death affect us. That is the blessing that we have. The blessing of the Israelites was that they were kept, as long as they were in God, they were kept in the protection, in the physical territory of protection. So if you're going through persecution, it's not because the Lord hasn't blessed you. Ne? Don't pray that prayer. The next part of it say, may he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. So the Israelite nation, in the nations around them, you'd know from that passage with uh, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, their gods were prone to be distracted. So they were always busy in their opinion, and so they would have to summon their gods, get their attention. So in that passage with Elijah and the prophets of Baal, you'll remember that those prophets were cutting themselves to get the gods' attentions. They were throwing themselves on the, on the floor because getting a god's attention is what you do in that day. So when the Lord said to them, may his face shine on you, God was saying, you don't have to do that. My face is shining on you. Like you have my attention all the time. And as long as they were obedient to the Lord, no other nation invaded their territory. When the Israelites started doing other things and their face moved away to the Lord, then there were problems, as you read in the Bible. The application for us is that we never have to experience the face of the Lord turned away from us because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's never our experience that Jesus' face is turned away from us. And because of what Christ did at the cross, we always have God's full attention. You don't have to summon God. You don't have to cut your things. You don't have to do anything. He always, always, you always have his full attention. So when I say, where is the blessing? I'm asking because you have God's full attention. So one, either you can't see it and it's right there because you are hashtag blessed and 
defining it as something that God has not defined it as. Or two, you just don't believe that God wants to bless you. And so there isn't capacity in your heart to receive it in faith. Where is it? And so really what I want for you this morning is to receive the blessing of the Lord. Because if, if you would receive the blessing from the Lord, everything else that I'll conclude with is an outflow. If you've received your identity as blessed in God, then the how you bless, the how we are called to bless, what we are called to do and how we do it is an outflow from us believing that the Lord has blessed us. And that this is not just a material aspect of our faith, but it's a reality that is true across material and spiritual boundaries. You know what I mean? It will manifest itself physically, but may that not be the definition of blessed alone. May it not be that just because you don't have a car, you can't bless somebody. May it not be that because you don't have a job, you can't bless. May it not be that because you're taking long to graduate, you can't bless people. Because that means you don't fully understand what God means when he says, I have blessed you. Because of who I am and who you are to me, you are blessed. It's a part of your identity. Um, when I was studying in varsity, studied, graduated with an accounting degree. And then the Lord called me into ministry, not loudly. Just was like, hey, just give a year to internship. It's like, oh, okay, cool. But then what ended up happening was, obviously your friends are graduating and they're on the CA stream, they're working, and you're busy here with this internship thing for one year, two years, three years. So everybody around you is like, hey, so what are you doing? You know, the CA stream is, is that way. But at the same time, those people who are succeeding in that way, the Lord is asking you to minister to them. Minister what? You know what I mean? If you're looking at it from the perspective of what do you have to give to them? Them who have proceeded ahead of you. And I actually, maybe could give you some financial advice because you did it in theory and the practical of it maybe, you know? But, but it, it took a lot of identity healing for you not to feel like you're left behind and set aside. For you to be able to go bless those people who are doing materially better than you. But that understanding can only come from the Lord. If the world is shaping our understanding of blessing, we're going to have a problem in terms of how we respond to the actual world. So we stand there and we look at the world and we cry to the Lord because they're driving a better car and they're living in a better house. And the Lord is like, can you please go bless them for me? Can you please go and bless them? Because the Lord sees who you are and what you carry based on who he's called you to be. He sees you, but you don't see you, but you see them and you're seeing them incorrectly, you're not seeing them as lost without a shepherd. You're seeing them as blessed. And God is saying, can you please go bless them? Because God can see that they are not blessed because they are not with, with God. Blessing is being with God, His face shining on you. He is providing for you and He is the one who will give you peace. But if you believe anything else, you can't bless. So can I interrupt the sermon for a bit of ministry time, then I'll come back. Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
talk about the practicals of how you bless people. But I'm feeling the Lord saying, just leave it here. Because I feel like the ministry place of this word was, believe who you are. So we talk a lot about the doing. Be this, do this. The problem is not that we don't understand the instruction, it's that we don't believe in the identity of who we are. And so really feeling like the Lord wanted to minister deeply into this place of identity. Believe who you are, receive deeply from the Lord. From that place you'll be able to go and bless people. And so I'm just going to be obedient and not go, okay, this is how you can bless people. Because I believe that you know how to do it. The problem is not the doing, the problem is the identity. It's the believing in the truth of who you are. And for some of you, the obedience of believing is committing your life wholeheartedly to the Lord and rejecting the definitions of identity that we've accepted, that reject any identity outside of our sonship in Christ. That's our primary identity. Like I am blessed of God, I'm called of God, I'm accepted, forgiven by the Lord. Any other identity outside of that is a false identity. So that even when God blesses us materially, we wouldn't idolize that stuff and, and tether our identity to things that are not God. Those are the things that God gives, but God himself is the identity giver. And that our identity would be tethered to the one who is the blesser. And from that place, we can bless. But believe deeply, live deeply in response to the blessing of God. That is a life full of prayer and worship and asking the Lord, where do you need me to be? We're responding to the deep blessing that is God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine on you. May he lift up your countenance and give you peace. May he bless your coming in and your going out. And when you look in the mirror, may you see God. When you look in the mirror, may you see God reflected. Because he says we are made in his image to reflect his glory. And if we believe that deeply, our lives will be such a blessing to everybody, everywhere. Your presence is the presence of God. When you show up in the room, whether you are confident or not, whether you had enough money for taxi or not, whether you are passing your degree or not, your presence in the room is the blessing of God. Your presence in the room is a blessing of God. Your words spoken are the words of God. You are a blessing because you are blessed of God. The Lord bless you. So great. Let's let's just really celebrate Jesus right now. Can we do that? Clap, shout, play those mis instruments a little bit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Musa. So, so great. I just feel the anointing resting on it. And I just want just want to pray for one last thing before we go. You know, there's, there's something about receiving the, the truth of the blessing of God in your life, that as you live from that reality, your environment tends to change. It's why Jesus could sit in a wedding where there was no wine and not have any fear because He knew He was there. The presence of God was residing in this place through Him. And so He could invade that lack with the blessing that was in Him. 
Blessing doesn't come from our external. It comes from the presence of God inside of us, invading our environment and forcing our environment to comply with His reality. And I feel like some of you just, you, you, there's, there's environments around you that are tough and they, the, the environment is invading your sense of who you are. And I feel like God wants to reverse that tide. I feel like He wants you to get it so deeply that your revelation of God's blessing in you begins to invade your environment, begins to change the things around you. And so I want to pray for that. I'm going to ask us all to stand. Lord God, we're asking right now. Can you all just lift up your hands? Lord God, I'm asking right now. We ask, Father God, what Musa shared, not let, one, not, let not one of those words fall to the ground. This is the word of the Lord for this church right now. We're hearing it, we're receiving it, we're saying yes. Lord God, I'm asking right now, right now, Lord God, that every person here, that there would be a reversal of the direction of blessing, Lord God. And right now from them would flow the anointing and the power to transform environments. Lord God, I'm asking for a gift of faith on each of them right now. A gift of faith on each of them right now. Lord God, I'm, I'm asking, as we prayed about miracles earlier, I'm just praying that these would be people that when they walk into the room, everything changes. Everything changes. Lord God, when they walk into the, the shop, Lord God, that, that everything about that changes. Father God, their footsteps through the everyday life is transforming the world. Lord God, shops they walk into start making a profit. Schools their children enroll in start having better education. Families that they go and visit, marriages are healed. Young people they engage with, friends they, they talk to, are just healed by that conversation. We're just declaring that right now over every person here. This is who we are, Lord. This is who we are. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father God, I just pray for that. Right now, we just seal this word, Lord God. I want none of it to fall to the ground, Lord God. Lord God, let it not be that tomorrow morning we wake up and it's just business as usual, Lord. I'm asking that tomorrow morning, everyone would wake up with a different idea, a different perception of themselves, a different perception of their world. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen and amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand.